Welcome back to Studio Stories. I'm your host, Eve Lancorn, and today we're speaking to Good Luck Nick over on Instagram about her journey through IVF. And I just want to do a little shout out. This was filmed about a month ago, but Nicole's just recently given birth to Jack's Ocean. So go check her out on Instagram and a huge congratulations from us at Mercy Mamon. So today we are joined by Nicole Robinson, who is Good Luck Nick over on Instagram to speak about her IVF journey and where she is today. So thank you so much for taking your time out on your day to speak to us. Do you want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself and who you are? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Um, so yeah, I'm Good Luck Nick over on Instagram and YouTube. I have been, me and my husband have been together for coming up to 14 years now. It's crazy. Um, and we started to try for a baby shortly after our wedding, which was in 2017. Um, I came off the pill and you kind of just assume that everything's going to be normal and your periods will return and, you know, you can just kind of have sex and have a baby. That wasn't quite the case for us. We ended up having, oh, well, I had really irregular cycles. My, I would my periods were all over the place. I would bleed for really long periods of time and I would never pick up ovulation, which was my original issues why I went to the doctors. They advised me to go and speak to, to go and have blood tests as she suspected I would have uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS as you may see it on the internet. And that was the case for me. And along with that, she recommended that my husband had a sperm test as well where they test how much sperm there is how how they move and how good quality they are essentially and the first test of that came back um quite negatively for him as well so instantly we got referred on to the uh fertility clinic at our local hospital for more tests so Mark had another semen analysis short probably three months afterwards after some lifestyle changes and some you know a bit of time and stuff and that was all perfectly normal so that was great for him my polycystic ovaries wasn't changing anything I had been for a test to where they test your fallopian tubes to see if they're blocked because that's where what connects your egg to your uterus essentially the motorway between the two and mine were completely blocked on both sides so even if I was ovulating and releasing an egg I wasn't that motorway was blocked for the egg to get through so that was us kind of at the end of the road at that time and we got referred on to IVF and yeah we had an IVF kind of whirlwind journey and um, I'm sure we'll go into that a little bit more as we go through but yeah we we had IVF we were eligible for one round on the NHS as NHS um, funded IVF is a bit of a postcode lottery and thankfully that was a very long-winded round however it did work out for us my round was cancelled due to the coronavirus last March, but I ended up having my transfer in July and I am now currently 36 weeks pregnant with our little IVF miracle baby. Oh, amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. And how did you and your partner meet? We met in school. So our sisters were best friends at school. So he's two school years older than me. And we started going out when we were 14 and 16. So it's just... Oh my god, so you're like childhood sweethearts. Yeah, it's it's oh, lovely. So lovely. Yeah, it's been really, really nice. 
Oh, amazing. And your Instagram, Good Luck Nick. So what is that all about and why did you decide to start it and give it that name? So I have kind of been on a bit of a, a journey of the last several years. I, before my IVF journey even started, I'd had um, three knee surgeries and a broken leg. So that's where it actually started out. And um, it was kind of like everybody would always just say, oh, good luck, Nick, you know, good luck for your appointment. Good luck for this. Good luck. Good luck for that. And I'd hear good luck, Nick, more than anything else. So I document like my recovery out of my knee surgeries to start with. And then when we started on the IVF and the fertility, I talked about my fertility journey right from the beginning when I first got diagnosed with my PCOS going forward and it was just again the same like good luck Nick again good luck Nick and it just fit it just fit and I just felt being open and honest about what I was going through was the right thing for me yeah no definitely and now you're currently 36 weeks pregnant did you say yeah which is amazing Um, and like you just said you've been really open about your IVF journey so can you sort of tell me a little bit more about that Yeah, so I decided to kind of document it and be open about it because when I was researching for myself, I found that there was very little information. I mean, you can read things, but video-wise, Instagram-wise, YouTube-wise, there wasn't enough out there of people like me, of younger people, of, um, yeah, people just kind of, our age um I'm 28 now um I started IVF when I was 25 I think 25 26 so I felt like kind of young at the time going through that um and there was just nobody representing so I felt like I should not that I should but I wanted to do it to help other people that found themselves on this journey and also for the for the fact that I can look back on it and it's a doc it's documented for me to go back on and look how far I've come and stuff like that so me and Mark decided to be open about it and talk about it it was it was a way of release for me as well I didn't want to kind of hold in these feelings or thoughts that I may have you know there's a lot of people out there that go through IVF that go through a lot of things different things that decide to not share and not talk about it just because they feel like it saves their own mental health and stops you know questions that they might feel uncomfortable with and stuff so for me it was about breaking down barriers it was about breaking the stigma the taboo around IVF and infertility and things like that coming from a younger a younger couple I suppose because I think when you think of IVF it's naturally you just think of oh they've left it too late it's people that are too like older um you know that's where your mind goes to I think when you think of IVF and so how did sort of the process of IVF work because you said you know you started at 25 and you're now 28 so what has sort of happened in those three years So the testing to get to IVF takes such a long time. So as I spoke about before, we were were referred to our local um, hospital for like more checks and stuff. And then getting the approval from them once, you know, I was at the end of the road with the tests. We had to wait for the funding to be approved. Then once the funding was approved, we had to wait for the first appointment. And I mean, this was pre-COVID, so things were moving much quicker back then when we first started in like 
I think we, we actually started out at IVF in 2019. So I think I was 20, yeah, 26 when we first started. Once that, once you kind of get to your first appointment, then it's like, oh, you have to wait for your period to come. But because my periods were so long, my cycles were like 60, 70 days long, I would be waiting, you know, to start. And then it was waiting for the the drugs. Um, I had to go for a drugs appointment and they kind of teach you how to mix up the drugs and administer the drugs. Luckily, Mark, my husband, is, is amazing and he did every single injection for me, you know, then I was a slow responder, you know, you assume they give you a timesheet almost of how long they think it's going to take. And they go, oh, you're on short protocol. So it should take between seven and nine days. I ended up doing 22 days before I could have my egg collection. So that ended up being like longer than I expected because they kept, because of the polycystic ovaries that I mentioned earlier, Mm. you generally have more eggs. So you're at risk of like, you can produce more eggs because there's a bigger reserve because generally you are irregular with your periods. You may not ovulate every month with polycystic ovaries. So naturally you have a bigger reserve because you've not, you know, expelled them every month, like a normal, I'm using air quotations, normal cycle, a normal person would. So you can produce more eggs. So they're more wary of giving you a higher dose to start with. Um, and then they say they take you in for um, egg collection, which is like a um, surgery almost. Some people have that done under sedation. Some people have that done under general anaesthetic, where they go in and essentially collect the eggs from your ovaries, where you would normally produce one a month in a normal cycle. You grow multiple. Um, I had 18 eggs collected um, and they wanted me to have a break after that. And, and you know, it was more time. We had... I had my egg collection in December 2019 and then they were ready for me to restart in February. So I'd started my drugs for my frozen because everything got frozen then everything, the eggs got fertilized with my husband's sperm. So it's my eggs, his sperm got fertilized and then put in the freezer for a later date for my body to recover. And because of the amount of eggs I produced, they wanted me to have a bit of time. So February came around and we decided to start the drugs um, estrogen and progesterone that they required me to, to have for the frozen transfer prep almost to prep my body for it and as I was about to go in for my transfer almost like a week before COVID came and they cancelled everything so I just had to stop everything stop the drugs couldn't oh, do no. anything we were we were just left in the dark completely and how was that like mentally for you as well? The f- It was horrendous. The first few days were really, really, really tough. And then I kind of got to a point where I was like, this isn't going to serve me to sit here and just stew over something I can't change. Yeah. Um, I was on a massive fitness journey before this. So to get to IVF, we had to, I had to lose weight. I had to lose two and a half stone to be eligible for IVF, but I continued on my fitness journey and lost four stone in the end. So I kind of just carried on, you know, focused on my fitness instead of the IVF while I could. It was easier for me to concentrate on something else rather than just stewing over something that I couldn't fix or change, you know. Yeah, and also to have a focus as well is probably like the best thing in lockdown as well, and especially like what you went through. Um, And how was the IVF, um, how was it for you, like both mentally, like for you and your partner? 
Well, we, our communication had never been better than when we were going through IVF, which made it so much easier. I think going through something like this, you have to be so open with each other, telling you, telling each other how you feel and stuff. So mentally we were okay going through it. You know, there were a couple of knockbacks when we found out that everything would go in the freezer rather than us having a transfer back in November, December last year. Uh, last year? No, the year before that. God, it, the time has just flown. <laughs> yeah, so there was a couple of knockbacks, but it was kind of just like, right, well, this is what it is. We can't change anything. Let's just keep moving forward. And that's kind of my attitude throughout a lot of things anyway. So without, um, you know, I know there's some people out there that do have anxiety and worry about things anyway whereas I'm naturally not not that way so it was Mm -hmm. it wasn't too bad for us and so after lockdown we must have come out the first lockdown um, last June was it July so when did you then when was your next appointment so we had been part of the people fighting for the clinics to reopen and the clinics had started to reopen as of April um, April, May, and we didn't hear anything from our clinic until gone June, end of June. So again, by the time we got our appointment to start the drugs again, it was kind of waiting for my period to turn up, and it was like, for God's sake, this is just getting a joke now. <laughs> yeah, we would have been we would have been in way earlier if my period would have just shown up, but it didn't. So we ended up going back in at the start start of July and I had my transfer on the 25th of July and then you wait your two weeks as you know as you normally would uh to take your pregnancy test and and there it was two so lines. what were your feelings when you found out you were pregnant did you wait for the two weeks or did you take it before um we were supposed to test on day 11 and we actually tested on day nine so it was a little few days earlier um, we were actually on holiday Well, we were away. We'd booked like a little mini staycation to kind of pass the time um, that week. And uh, we were in this little shepherd's hut in the middle of Milford-on-Sea. Just, it was incredible. And we c- couldn't sleep. It was about 6am I did it. And I filmed it. This video is on Instagram or on YouTube. So if you've not seen our reaction to our pregnancy test, go and check that out. Um, it was the most shocking but happy moment of my life just just unbelievable I've never been pregnant before I've never ever in my life seen two lines on a pregnancy test and you know it was just a miracle after everything we'd been through it just felt like the best feeling in the world oh I've just got goosebumps (laughs) (laughs) and what were your sort of feelings and emotions in the first few weeks anxiety I think yeah Um, I can imagine yeah because it's so early when you find out in IVF well I mean you know some people are very intuitive with their bodies and find out early but we were I think the way it works out we were about four and a half weeks pregnant when I found out and you don't get you get um an early scan with IVF at seven weeks so to wait for that seven week scan was so hard because yes it's there on a test but you know you you, you hear things and you read things about yeah. positives and things like that and you you can't help your mind but wonder but 
yeah, I tried my best to stay busy. And this is something I've spoke about on my Instagram a lot because I ask questions every day and it's people asking me, you know, how do you cope with the, with the waiting and stuff? And you honestly just have to stay busy. So we tried to stay busy as much as we could before this scan to make sure that there was a heartbeat and there was a little, there was a little embryo there. So yeah, it was, it was a tough two weeks, tough two and a half weeks to wait that was, but we, we got through it. And after that, it was just perfect. Oh, amazing. And you've been really open documenting the journey, like you said, right from the very beginning, um, mm-hmm. from you just finding out you were pregnant just after two weeks. So why did you choose to share the news so early? Um, and again, that's not me saying like, why did you do it? But you're quite um, open on not saying before the 12 week rule. Well, m- my opinion on that is that we wanted to enjoy it for as long as possible whether it was going to be good news or bad news you know even in the two-week wait while we were before we'd even took the test we were we tried to we we decided that we were going to be positive and we were going to assume that it it had worked the 12-week rule I think it isolates you I think if you were to go if anything was to happen between you finding out and the 12-week scan surely you would want support and people around you and you know love and your people and your family and you know to me it was it was about enjoying it while it lasted and it was yeah what if it didn't last but I had a great 12 weeks you know Mm -hmm. and to me it was about why would I worry for 12 weeks why would just me and Mark on our own keep it secret be worried sick thinking about it and not letting people know for the shame of what might happen no that's that completely makes sense and how's your pregnancy been so far it's been good I I feel like I've had a pretty good pregnancy I mean I'm in a good place right now so I can feel like I can say that but the first trimester was exhausting you don't realize how tired you you're gonna be I was just not okay after about 2 30 in the afternoon so and we were in bed <laughs> by like seven every night it was it was very exhausting but I didn't get much morning sickness or anything well I didn't I was never sick I was just I just felt nauseous but again I still managed to get out on my walks and fresh air seemed to help me and eating little and often and plain food seemed to help me as well so it wasn't anything severe, but then I did suffer from migraines from like 12 to 20 weeks. And that was like my second trimester thing, but well, half of my second trimester, but otherwise it has literally been perfect. I couldn't have asked for a better pregnancy. Oh, amazing. And you've got four weeks to go now as well. So you were all prepared for baby to come. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, asked, I posted last night on my Instagram saying, is there any last minute advice? Is there anything you think I might have forgotten? Please let me know. Um, because I think you can think about things and you can read the, the lists that people share and stuff. You know, there's half the things I probably won't need, but there's also yeah. things that I might go, you know, something really basic that I've probably not got. <laughs> so what is the best advice you can give to anyone listening who is trying to conceive or struggling? My biggest piece of advice for anyone trying to conceive naturally or going through treatment is to not let it consume you. Do not lose yourself to treatment, to 
regimented sex do not lose who you are as a person it is so easy to let it take over your life you're taking your temperature you're taking ovulation stick we tests your you know, going to appointments and you need to remember what you enjoy, who you and your partner are as a couple before this and try your best to keep that communication, keep that fun, keep that spark going. Because if you lose that, it can become so difficult. No, I think that's, I think that's amazing advice. And my last question today, it's a big one. What does motherhood mean to you? This is an interesting one because I am, it's hard because he's not here yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so excited so motherhood I suppose means to me like having our little boy here it means doing things as a family even though I see me and my husband as a family already you know doing things that we couldn't do before you know go to late 20s adults going to a farm is a bit weird without a kid you know (laughs) Um, being able to do days out like that as a family traveling as a family being able to teach him things that we've learned you know learning as a family yeah is just something I've waited for for a really long time and something that I really can't wait to learn more about and you know grow with the title yeah no that's so nice um Nicole you've been amazing thank you so so much for coming on today we're going to pop some links to your insta below and your youtube um and anything else you want to pop below but yeah thank you so much for joining me today I think that's an amazing story you've got and I'm so happy that you know you're, you're so far along now and I bet you're so excited for your little baby to come but yeah thank you so much thank you so much for having me on And don't forget, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review. 